morning. Uh, welcome to Bite Size Conversations with Jenny Walk and Kylie Mobrell. And we're very excited to join you today talking about imposter syndrome. It's a thing. It's a massive thing. How are you going today, Jenny? I've, I've had, we've just been talking beforehand, which is why we're starting a bit late. It has been a crazy, crazy week. Um, full of imposter syndrome for lots of other people as well. I ran a workshop on imposter syndrome on Wednesday night, which was great to talk about um, all the things that we do to self-sabotage and, and how we do it. And I used to hate the term imposter syndrome, to be honest, but I kind of getting comfortable with it because I realized it's just fear. And once we get rid of that, we're actually okay. But so it's been a crazy week. We'll talk about that in a minute. How about you? How's your week been? <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Um, we have survived another flood. It was definitely the worst one I've ever experienced. Um, I've had a whole lot of clients that are really struggling through it this time. Um, but we are here on another morning and today the sun is shining. So happy days, Jenny. <laughs> happy days. We are the morning rays of sunshine on a Friday. <laughs> we definitely are. And it's funny because it doesn't matter what how week has gone, we always come and we end up having a fun conversation and bring a little bit of love and light to the world, I think. So um, I'm we're hoping that's the idea. But it's funny <laughs> that you talk about that this second round of flooding has been a real, it was really hard for some people. And I think that we get into that state of um, kind of, we feel comfortable. We were worried at the first time we recovered. We're like, we got this. And when it's unexpected, it really smashes our resilience in the face and says, you know, you said you had this. I'm just going to test you one more time. Yeah. So I totally understand how people will be feeling right now because they've probably let their guard down a little bit um, because they thought the kind of the worst was over. Um, so I, my heart and thoughts go out to everybody who's kind of going through this week. But remember, you know, it will pass. It, but it's just remembering that this will, might take a bit longer than expected. And this time it was just so much more widespread. Yeah. So, you know, and also the, the interesting thing is that like Byron, for example, has flooded before, but again, nothing, nothing to the extent. And that's the, I think the distress for everybody is that everything we've seen in the last month has taken it above and beyond anything anyone could ever have imagined. So with uh, what came out in the budget the other night and, you know, all of that was, it was disappointing in terms of climate change, et cetera. It's like, oh. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be some interesting talks going on and, and what, what can we change, et cetera. So, and that's already starting to happen. So, you know, we love a bit of good proactive and, you know, all of that. So happy days. But, Jenny, I, I'm with you. The, the term imposter syndrome, I used to sit and ponder it for a little while because I had a client that came to me years ago and she's the first one that ever kind of brought it up with me and said, I really suffer with the imposter syndrome. And I didn't really get what she was saying because... So you're good at something, you're good at it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, you know, really I had to start delving into it. And this morning I looked it up because I, I wanted to do see some facts specifically around women. So women, way more than men, um, statistically have a, have a bigger problem. But I really liked this definition that I found that I'd like to read, which says imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments and many question whether they're deserving of um, accolades. But then there's, it goes into this whole thing, which I won't continue on, which is all about stop telling women that they have imposter, stop telling women they have imposter syndrome. So it's all about actually, yes, it's there, but let's not, what's the word, Jenny, you know, where you get really, pardon? Label it on other people. 
attach it to people. Yes, absolutely. And we can, you know, very similar to all kinds of syndromes out there. Um, you know, just maybe you're feeling a little unsure of yourself. It doesn't mean that you're an imposter. So ways that we can reframe that language and go, you know, like some days, maybe not of later years, latter years, but certainly in those early days. And I'm like, whoa, I'm just, I'm really doing this on the fly. Like I'm not confident with what I'm doing. Da, 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 da. I know the information, but can I actually present it? Can I do it in the way that I really need to do it? And so really all that was, was feeling a little bit nervous a little bit, um, you know, feelings of doubt. It wasn't meaning that it was nothing like imposter syndrome. So, yeah, I think it's definitely become a term that is quite blown up. What do you think about that? Yeah, and I, and so I always reframe imposter syndrome. If we think about what an imposter syndrome is and looking at that definition that you had about kind of feeling of self-doubt about our abilities and, you know, are we good enough? It really boils down to sort of two or three key constructs is the way that I bring it is one, is that fear of, am I good enough? So somewhere along the way, someone has told you once or twice or a thousand times that you weren't able to do something because of a characteristic or because of who you were. And so that's attached somewhere into your brain. So somewhere in your brain, someone's told you you're not good enough. And so when, when things become difficult or you feel pressure or you're starting to push the boundaries of things, that little voice pops up and says, uh-uh, Remember what they said, you're not good enough. So sometimes imposters, so I look at one thing is around recognizing that piece around not good enough. So it comes from a sense or, or a belief, conscious or otherwise, that you're not good enough. The other side of the coin, though, it also comes from just this fear and safety. So when we're not, when we're unsure of ourselves, that unsureness comes from a lack of certainty. We don't know what's going to happen. So when we don't know what's going to happen, our brain says two things. One, stay where you are because you're safe. So don't do that because you're safe. So fear is like that kind of, oh my God, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it because it's going to be a risk to you. Or it's the, it's so you create this kind of fear response. So I've never done it before. So therefore I'm fearful of it because I don't know what's going to happen. And because I don't know the outcome, I just won't do it. So we actually create this cycle based around fear, but the fear comes from a need for safety because we need certainty. So if we look at those two concepts of like being, um, feeling not good enough, the not good enough piece is also then connected to the fear. Because again, I want to feel safe. So if I stay in my box and I stay in my lane and do what I do, even if I have a little niggling doubt, I'm okay here. But as soon as I want to push the boundaries, fear stands up and says, uh-uh, that's unsafe. And remember what they said, you're not good enough. So it's actually a range of a stacking of a lot of kind of negative beliefs or not negative beliefs, just beliefs that probably no longer serve you now. Back in the day, that fear served you. Don't cross the road when there's cars in the way because that's going to hurt you, right? However, we often liken those kind of physical responses to fear to our emotional response to fear. And so it's looking at those two aspects allows us to get rid of the term imposter syndrome and say what it is. It's fear. Mm, absolutely. So I really like that you've brought up about it being, you know, largely stuff that is from our past that we may think we've even dealt with. We might have done lots of therapy around it, or it might just have been a niggly thing back then that wasn't even said that many times, but it was said enough or even just once that it made enough of an impact that it really stuck with us right. somewhere in our deep, dark selves. So yeah. 
really interesting, isn't it? That any time that there's a little doubt of niggly anything going on in terms of knocking our confidence, that back comes that old stuff to haunt yeah. us. Mm. And, and what's awesome about, and I think, and I say it's awesome because what that's doing is it's actually every time you get that pushback of that fear response of, oh, am I good enough? Oh, what happens if I do? Let me stay safe. That's an opportunity to do two things. One is to grow, two, actually more than two, one is to learn, but two is to actually push your boundaries. So not only when you hit that wall and you start to feel that fear, it's actually saying, hello, fear, how are you going today? What are you telling me? Are you telling me that I should do this because I just need to be mindful of the outcome or that you don't know the response? Or is it because I'm starting to push my boundaries and by pushing my boundaries, I'm actually making fear go, oh, hang on, I'm going to learn more. So my uncertainty becomes less. So there's this kind of opportunity is every time that fear response comes up or that uncertainty or that self-doubt, it's saying, okay, where's this come from? Why are you doing this? And bring it along for the ride rather than rejecting it. So we often see we need to reject fear. I say the opposite, let's bring it into the fold, sit it beside us, give it a warm hug and say, let's, we got this. And it changes our psyche and connection to the fear. Give it a warm hug. I love it, Jenny. I really, really have always loved that quote. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Do it anyway. <laughs> but you know, what a great one. Yeah, I definitely think. But it takes a certain person, doesn't it, to be able to actually step forward and go, yes, let's give this a go. Well, it, it does. And I, and I say, yes, but everybody can do it. The reason we Absolutely. don't. Absolutely. We don't because we don't know the conversation to have with ourselves. We haven't been exposed to that conversation yet. And so that's where the work you do with your clients and the work that I do with my clients is about recognizing that piece. It's about recognizing when that fear comes up, recognizing when we're pushing back and we're kind of actually pulling or going back into our cave because that's where we were safe rather than saying, okay, Let's stand in this space. Let's let's unpack what's happening right now, or let's just give it a warm hug and let's move forward. So by having that conversation and recognizing it, but it's also permission. We mm. often and our, in through our life we don't get permission to push boundaries. Um, and someone else gave show, showed me an example of you know when you're a child and you're sitting in a um, you know and you're trying to do things that are kind of pushing the boundaries, whether it's, you know, pull the dog's ears or pull the dog's tails or poke it in the face. And the mum's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Because it's like, oh, that's something bad's going to happen. So we stop that curiosity. We stop wanting to try. And so now as an adult, every time we try and push and be curious, that same fear, that same memory comes back and says, okay, remember, that's not safe. But as soon as we acknowledge that, we go, cool. This is just curiosity. This is just like my brain, curiosity and fear, having a conversation, let curiosity win. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And you know, safety in business in terms of growth really doesn't get us anywhere. So we need to be constantly looking at where can we push those boundaries? Where can we push ourselves? And where can we back ourselves? Where can we actually say, you know what, I, I have got the space in my brain to learn something new. I am ready to take that next step. I am ready to apply for that loan or apply for that grant or, you know, work with that new coach or whatever it is yeah. to get us to the next level. Because if we don't move to the next level in business, what's happening? You know, we're just stagnant, well, aren't we? Yeah. And as a business and as a business coach, I say, if your business isn't growing, you're actually going backwards. Because what happens is if your numbers are the same year on year, when you look at the broader market and you look at the business, if, if the market is growing at 3% and you're growing at zero, then over time, you're actually, your business is, 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 is actually decreasing and shrinking. 
But mm. to the point around, you said earlier about it's about, it does affect successful coaches. And that's where I think that's where imposter syndrome often jars people because they say, well, I'm successful. I've, I've started a business. I have great clients. I do good work. But then you have these things pop up. And the, so what it does, it plays out in lots of different ways. It plays out in overachieving, in putting too much on your plate. And my, my team and I will know I do that all the time. And I don't think it's imposter syndrome, but actually there is an element of like, I just say yes to everything. So why do <laughs> I do that, right? I say yes, even if I know on some fundamental level that I probably don't have time to do this and it means that it's going to completely stretch me to my limit, I say yes. So I do that now and I'm a successful coach, but I know it's something that what that does, it, over time it builds the, a bad habit. It builds a negative habit that doesn't serve me in the long run. In the moment, it's fine. I get paid for it. I do the work. We're successful. Everything's great. But the long-term impact of that is that it sets up bad habits or negative habits that do not serve me and do not enable me to grow. So when we're looking at the way imposter syndrome or self and fear and doubt show up in the world, it's actually not about not doing stuff. It can actually also be the opposite, overachieving, feeling the need to have every award, feeling the need to present everything so that you can stand up and say, hey, see, I am good enough. And yeah. so looking at that balance of how it's showing up for you helps you understand what your behavior is and how is it serving you or is it actually not serving your long-term mission and just burning you out? And when is enough? I think that's a really important one. So for high achievers, yeah. you know, really, it's never going to be enough till you're perhaps Tony Robbins or something, right? But probably Tony Robbins possibly thinks he's not quite enough yet. He's always got something new that he's trying to achieve, et cetera, et cetera. So when is enough? How do we figure that out in ourselves? Or for ourselves? <laughs> and enough <laughs> the answer to that. You know I love that question. But what's, <laughs> what I love about this question, I'm going to change the answer, is that the question about enough is, goes to our conversation about what is success, right? And so things like conversation about what does success look like? You and I know as a coach, I don't go here, work with me and in six months time, I'll, two, I'll add 2x your business. I'm going to 2x your revenue or 5x your revenue or build. That's not what I'm about. I'm about building sustainable, strong foundations for business, which means it's about understanding what that looks like for them. If somebody says, I don't want to grow my business threefold because that's not where I want my business to be, me providing that service isn't going to serve them. So the idea of enough is linked to what do you see success for you and your business, for yourself, for your family, for your life. So if you close your eyes and you're sitting around going, I'm in, I'm in heaven for those places, what does that look like? Now, that is your enough. Now, that might be I've got enough so that I can fly off to New Zealand every month so I can visit my family. That might be enough for you. So you work out what that looks like and say, when I get there, that's what I'm going to be comfortable with. That's what I'm going to be happy with. And then you might say, now I'm here. Now what's my next enough? So enough yeah. can have multiple levels. Don't ever think enough is one thing, but enough is enough for now, enough <laughs> for the next stage. And I think we get caught up in this idea of success has to be, I need to be a billion dollar you know, business owner. And if I'm not, I'm not successful. So therefore not enough. And so therefore, what is it? Then I am not enough. Yeah, absolutely. So my enough was an exciting one to aim for. My enough in business was that I wanted to be able to say no to a client and not take that business on or be able to fire a client if it was really not serving us both and not have the worry that actually I desperately needed that client. So in a way, it was based around um, the comfort maybe or the assurance that I would get another client. 
and one that I would resonate with and would want to work with. So the day that I actually said, no, I, I don't want to work with you was a very glorious moment. And that to me was success. That was my massive moment of going, I made it. And now, wow, I need to have the next goal or the next um, benchmark for success because I can't just keep going with trying to you know fire clients or say no to clients just to keep feeling successful like in a way it was kind of a weird success marker wasn't it but it was what was important to me at the time so and I guess that comes from knowing that you know in those early days you're just taking any bit of work that you can because you got the bills to pay if you want to make it a viable business yeah. what was your first marker of success Jenny? Oh, that's such a great question. I think my first marker of success was probably as a business owner saying, I'm going to go and do this trade show in Canada. Uh -huh. so, you know, I, I was in Australia, we were working, the business was actually going up and down. So we were, we were not, you know, so abundant that we could be like, you know, I'm flying first class or business class, but it was the decision to say, I'm actually going to go and do this trade show and back myself and actually put myself out there. So for me, recognizing what I'd done and what I can do and recognizing the value that this trip was going to make for me and my business was me recognizing I'm actually where I, I'm actually where I should be and where I need to be. And this was actually an incredible moment of success for me because, you know, jumping on a plane with 26 other businesses, some of which have been operating for 15 years and are earning, are earning in those consistent seven and eight figures, you go, Oh, hang on. Can I compete? You have that moment. And then you're like, actually, this is where I should be. I'm just as capable, just as enough as everyone in this room. And I'm going to turn up for it. So that was, it was not a monetary thing for me. It wasn't firing a client. It was the ability and the choice and being confident in that choice to make that step was a game changer for me because it made me realize I can full stop. <laughs> I think that's so beautiful. And I can full stop. I had another one of those moments this week and it was really quite magical. So Tuesday night, didn't sleep literally a wink. It was the worst weather I've ever experienced literally frightening terrifying and I made the biggest mistake which is of course being on Facebook in our local group seeing who needed evacuating and finding it was literally people around the corner and it was just horrifying and so I knew at about four o'clock in the morning there's no way I was going to be able to run that masterclass. firstly I thought I can't even believe we've still got internet for starters or even power like that in itself is a miracle but I just knew there's no way out the minute that the sun rises there's got to be a lot of helping so opening our home whatever it looked like that we needed to be able to do so what was so beautiful for me though is that I knew I could make that decision I could say to everybody I'm super sorry about the masterclass. We will obviously reschedule it. But knowing that the people that I have surrounded myself to work with are nothing but glorious humans. Every one of them was going to get it. Every one of them would just send me some love. Um, and that would be it. There would be no annoyance from people saying, but this is supposed to be on the stand. No, 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 no. You know, and I realized that was another moment of brilliant. Yes, I've created the business that I need, that I've surrounded myself and working with the people that fill me up and actually make me feel that whatever needs to happen is what will happen. It was a glorious moment in amongst the horror of everything. It really was a glorious moment. 
that is I love that moment for you that is such I think that is there's something really special that I just want to recognize for people that that statement to be to be okay and to stand in that kind of position that you're in and to own that space to say this is who I am and this is what I need to do for me first for my family and my community second and that might that and part of my community is my business is such a beautiful thing and so often we don't include that as the broad community we don't think about our business as our community and we're, it's the you know we have our community we have our family and then we have our business but really mm -hmm. your business is a key part and a driver and connector for your community and when you when you can embrace that like you have it really just basically you know it shines it basically allows the business to grow because it's telling the world this is these are my values and i'm living them every day so come along if that aligns with you and if it doesn't, it's okay. I Absolutely. love that. It, it really feels great. And yeah. I know that in the past, I don't know how far in the past, but certainly in the past, I would have moved mountains to make that masterclass happen yeah. because we don't cancel anything, right? Well, that said, I didn't cancel. I just postponed. But I would have literally found some way to drive somewhere to run yeah. it. And it would have been incredibly stressful and I wouldn't have been serving anyone yeah. enough really so it was it was such a beautiful moment to realize and i don't even know when that shifted but at some point along the way over the past few years that shifted and i really realized what a glorious business i have and what a fabulous team uh, they continued on with all the things they needed to on the wednesday knowing they weren't going to hear from me etc and it was just all tickety booing along I love a little tickety -boo. awesome. we're very lucky to have such amazing teams that we have who do, who just keep us going no matter you know how we're throwing our hands up in the air, throwing our toys out of the cot, and they're just doing what they need to do. <laughs> um, what I really, I want to just share that one of the, there's a couple of ways that it happens, like with imposter syndrome or whether it's fear or self doubt. There's so many ways that it shows up. One of the things that I that I recognized a couple of years ago when I first started the business, when I was like, oh, am I going to do this? And in fact, I'm going to share a story. Last Friday, I was at a beautiful conference, and I had a lady say to me, "What gives you the right to be a coach? You just told me that when you started the business." that you didn't really know what you're doing and then you got clients and you're telling them what to do but how what how did that happen and it was and I imagined myself way back then if somebody had asked me that question when I first started the company I would have been like oh my god and, and had all this fear of like oh my gosh am I good enough am I not good enough you know what gives me the right and I just said to her, I said, well, the hundred clients that I've worked with in the last four years might have something to say about that. So maybe, and, and there was, <laughs> but, but it just came out like I was just in this chair, like, I'm like, no, I'm not having any of that. Because for me, part of my journey is actually that learning process of I didn't know what I was doing and developing those skills along the way. So what I share with clients now is not only my journey, but also the hacks and the tips and the learnings that I've achieved. So they don't have to go through that self-doubt and, you know, oh my God, what I'm doing to help them overcome it sooner. But so often we kind of in that space, we go, well, this is how it should be done, or this is what you should do. And we have preconceived ideas about what, what and who and how we should show up. So yeah. I think when we when we do what you've done and what I've learned to do is just show up as ourselves entirely and, and all what's and all this is who we are, this is how we operate. There's that's the first step of letting go a lot of those self-doubt. And they're still going to come back occasionally, but it's the first step of owning that piece of ground that you're on to like a hundred percent and saying, This is my space, don't push me here. This is mine. 
I will push back if you try and push in fear. And I think that's the first thing we need to remember. But we start, people start that conversation by like, oh, I don't want to push the boundaries or I'm going to do too much or I'm going to over-service or I'm going to overwork to show I'm important, show I'm enough. When really all you need to do is just grab the little bit of ground you're on, stand really tall and be like, this is who I am. I really feel that when you said this is enough or we're enough, et cetera, that years and years and years ago, I worked with a client whose entire tagline was, I am enough. So she uh, works in the hypnotherapy space, et cetera. So it was all about helping you to say, I am enough. And it really, you know, I worked with her for many, many months. And it really, it just, even though it actually was fantastic for me because the I am enough kept coming at me all the time as, you know, as we're working through her business so I love it anytime I hear anyone say those words of you know making sure we know her enough etc cetera, etc cetera. it's so important so Jenny I think when it comes to imposter syndrome where we have those feelings of doubt and stress and distress and all those things that come over us taking that big deep breath and sitting there and saying I am enough is is quite a powerful thing incredibly powerful i love glennon doyle's way of saying it so glennon doyle who wrote um his name i can't remember the name of the book because I, I can see the, the cover and it's got a u at the start but glennon doyle's book which is incredible her book uh her her term is i can do hard things yeah and i love it because it's not about the people who struggle with that enough statement because they feel whatever reason it doesn't resonate just the say just by saying i can do hard things like that statement if you say that enough like when i say it, i feel like I feel like someone's giving me a shot of adrenaline when someone says, when I say I can do hard things, because I know I can. And it's the I can do. It's not that just the I am or I'm enough. It's the I can do. And I think for me, that resonates with me because so often people say you can't do that, which is my least favorite word in the English language. That, yeah. you know, it's, we, everybody can do. It just what that looks like, what the dot, dot, dot after that is up to them to decide. It's not for someone else to decide what that looks like. And I think a lot of the imposter syndrome conversation comes up because we spend our lives comparing ourselves to others. Um, and the thing like Jordan Peterson's one of his original, you know, rules, 12 rules for life was don't compare yourself. Uh, so don't compare yourself to who are, uh, to who others are oh no what was it don't oh my god i know this no i say this all the time don't <laughs> compare yourself today to others basically because what you're doing is who they are today is different like you're only showing up for the front end of who you are and i feel like i need to get his book and actually find out what that quote is because my brain is going for it now <laughs> um, ladies if you want to find me that quote that would be amazing um but this idea is saying that we're not about comparing ourselves to what other people are but we do we feel like oh i'm going to compare myself to who you are today, to who I am yesterday. That's what it is. And so really saying we're always growing, we're always learning. And every time we compare to somebody, we're only comparing to what we know of them, what we see of them. Mm, we, don't know if, if, we don't know if they're a duck underwater, like spinning with legs. We don't know if their family's going to crap or their business is going to crap. We only know what we see. Yeah, so absolutely. Comparison is useless for us, right? I, I completely agree. And I really like what you said about those words that resonate, whether it's the I'm enough statement, whether it's the um, all kinds of things. But one of my favorites is the yes, I can. Yeah. Yes, I can. And in fact, there was actually not a very good movie that it was all about. He had to say yes to everything. But I thought, what a great concept it was. It was a really good one is just say yes and see what will happen see what will come out of that and so that takes us back to what you were saying about you and business and just saying yes and figuring out a way to do it later on I'm a big believer in that although that said I'm learning to say 
actually I can't, that uh, can't, but doesn't mean I actually can't do it. It means no, just, I, I know that it'd be stretching myself too much at this moment. So that's what, that's been a really good, a really good uh, point as well. So imposter syndrome, what a big one. I think we all need to remember that, um, yeah, at the end of the day, just uh, feeling unsure is normal and finding a way to breathe through it and whether it's your I'm enough, whether it's your yes I can, whether it's um, I can do hard things, whatever it is. Jenny, what was the great line that you shared with me a number of times that I absolutely loved that um, it's very amusing and it's something like, um, what do you say? It's something like, yeah, I know a lot about a lot or something. Oh, yeah, I say, I, say, I know, I, I know, I, I, um, I haven't said it for such a long time because we just kind I of hang said, up, I right? know some things. That I, I, know, I, I, I know some stuff and I do some stuff. I said, well, I, I, I use a different, yeah. but I know some stuff and I do some stuff is how I always describe what I do because that's just, it's just a statement of fact. I know some stuff and I do some stuff. There's no value judgment in it. There's no comparison to anyone. It's just about me and what my what my skills come to the table. It's not about saying I'm better or worse or, you know, it's just this is what I do. So I know some stuff and I do some stuff. I love it. I think one tip that I'd like to share is really being a bit like a racehorse and keeping those blinkers on because I feel imposter syndrome can come in a lot when we're looking and like you said earlier about comparing yourself to people, keep those blinkers on, stay in your lane, keep moving forward, keep looking for the next thing that you're going to um, aspire to be or do or learn, etc. And then hopefully try and keep those that imposter syndrome feeling at bay and just remembering that feeling unsure from time to time is actually healthy and good and will help drive you. My last tip would be simply saying that when you feel the fear, don't actually push it away. Don't actually reject it because that actually just heightens and it makes it a little angry. If you imagine yeah. like a little, little chihuahua sitting there, if you let <laughs> push it, right? So imagine it's like this warm, fuzzy thing. So every time you feel it come up, every time you feel that doubt, recognize that it's there and say thank you and move on so just yeah. don't sit in it don't ruminate over it don't worry about it just let it go because the more we hold on to it the bigger it's going to be and the angrier it's going to get and the more it's going to hold us back so when you're looking at fear and doubt and all those things that come up and that negative self-talk that that is how imposter syndrome often shows up or the overworking and all that i have to take a breath as you said stop recognize it's there and go okay have a conversation with yourself about why it is then let it go. Yeah, I love the let it go. Frozen made have wrecked it for me. But I know, right? <laughs> you see, Anya. But it's a great line. <laughs> well, yeah. Jenny, I'm so glad we, we got onto that topic today. I think it was a really important one. And the reason that I really felt it is because of doing your workshop the other night and hearing that imposter syndrome again. And I thought, look, I just wonder, I, I, I don't wonder, I know that it's something that's a really big real thing for a lot of people. So 100%. And felt like it's the right time. I thank you. And it's one of the reasons why we've now added it is we've actually um, made a more focus of it in our program. We've always included a conversation about fear and doubt in our mastermind programs, but that's why our ultimate authority program really does help us address and look at this as a core part of that kind of pre-work and that self-assessment piece to say what are we doing how are we showing up and how is it supporting or taking away from our business and so that's it's such an important aspect to think about for you when you're feeling it is it giving you is it adding value to your business or is it taking away from your business and if it's the latter it's time to kind of change beautifully said so awesome. I, really, 
I see feel Murphy like just said, oh, see Murphy just said that's what I needed today. Oh, I'm so pleased. We're so happy that that's resonated for you. So that thank you so much for sharing. Yay, and thanks for joining us, Sue. So next week, I thought it would be a wonderful topic that we talk about how to show and prove and position yourself as an expert in your niche without needing to say, I'm an expert. I love that topic. Yes, let's do that. That's cool. Awesome. Right. Well, so yeah, for me personally, I don't like the whole term, I'm an expert. So no. yeah, finding other ways to prove it without you being the one putting your hand up going, hello, I'm the expert. I'm awesome. Well, I know yeah. some stuff and I do some stuff. That's my version of saying that because <laughs> I don't like that term either. Um, I'm just, I'm a collector of knowledge, right? That's what I say to people. Um, but I'm going to love that topic because we also, our team have been talking about that exact conversation with some of our clients about they don't want to be the ones that say, hey, here's my pedestal and let me stand on it. But they still need to be able to do that in a social media or a digital marketing way so they can, can promote their business and cut through the noise. So I think that's a phenomenal topic, particularly off the back of imposter syndrome because we've talked yeah. to you about getting rid of that fear and letting go today. So next week is about standing in that and being able to showcase it. it. Great topic. Having to say it. I love yes. it. Yeah. All right, Jenny, how can everyone get in touch with you? So you can find me on Elephant in the Room AU on Insta and Facebook um, and soon to be webpage, but at the moment, um, Elephant in the Room AU, Insta, Facebook are the best places to, to catch me, reach out, book a chat, um, or just follow us on the socials. And what about you, Carly? How do people find you? Uh, at hellomedia.team, website, socials, et cetera. I'd love to connect, join our Facebook group and uh, ask questions around anything to do with digital marketing and business. So I look forward to connecting with you all next week, talking about being the expert without saying any expert. And um, thanks so much, Jenny. Thanks everyone for joining us. Great to see you. And we'll be doing our special little bit of uh, live coaching uh, when we turn off the, the uh, recording. All right. Thanks everybody. Bye. Have a great week.